Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio. I am so excited today because we are going to get a lesson from the mouse and the representative for the mouse, and that, by the way, is Mickey Mouse, is Dennis Snow. And Dennis has a passion for great service excellence, and he's consulted with organizations all over the world. And his abilities were born and developed over 20 years with the Walt Disney World Company. This guy worked at Disney. He understands. He started at the basic level, and he worked his way up where he was involved with what's called Disney Institute, which teaches others around the world, other companies, other individuals, how to deliver the same experience to the customers that Disney does for their guests, as well as many other roles such as leadership and oh, all types of interesting concepts that Disney has. So, Dennis, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Thank you so much, Shep. I'm honored to be participating in this. Well, we have so much to talk about. You and I have known each other for many, many years. And yep. uh, great books, by the way, Lessons from the Mouse and your most recent book, Unleashing Excellence. So uh, if you want, write those down. I'll say them again. Lessons yeah. from the Mouse, Unleashing Excellence. Go to Amazon.com. Don't delay. Call today. Buy today. <laughs> Whatever. Well, I'm gonna, I, I need you to hire you as my marketing guy. Hey, you know, yeah. and, I'm, and you know, for the right amount of money, I will come and do yeah. that for All you. All right. Well, let's talk. <laughs> so, well, give us some background on yourself, Dennis. I mean, you started out at Disney. What was your very yeah. first job? Uh, I started out working on the rides. Uh, there used to be a ride there that I, I know you're familiar with, and, and I'm guessing many of your listeners. It was called Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, and I love uh, that was, ride. Yeah, it was it was a great ride. Is and that it was, still that there? Was my first job. No, no, it's been gone for for many years now. Oh man, uh, you yeah, know, it was. Oh, it was the best because you, you were on this. You were in. You got into the submarine, okay, and right. then you submerged, and you felt like you went deep, deep, deep reality of it is if you looked up you were like one foot underwater <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah and so the, the, the challenge with it was is that the illusion was done in in a way that you know was old old school and so with with a lot of the new technology that's come out you know the the simulator technology had sort of advanced way beyond that attraction but right but as a kid that, i love that i love that yeah. Yeah. so that was but then, but then uh, I don't know if I did something wrong. They sent me to work at It's a Small World. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and I heard that song for eight hours a day. So that's where I really paid my dues. Yeah, I would say that they were just testing you. Yeah, to see if I could make it through. Yeah. Can you sing yeah. the song for me? No, I'd no. have to go back on the medication okay. to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a small world. Yeah, please. All right. Please. I, All right won't, I won't sing it either. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll stop. I promise. I promise. So after after being on the rides, you obviously you worked way up into something. Uh, what I would yeah. say much more important to us today. Yeah, I managed different operating areas around the the, the company uh, for for several years, and then uh, I know you're familiar with the Disney University, the internal yes. training arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I managed that for several years, and we spun off the Disney Institute, working with external. Uh, companies that wanted to benchmark. So my last few years with Disney, that's what I did. 
and then uh, then started up my own company uh, doing training and consulting around customer service. Right. You're my arch enemy competitor in the world of customer <laughs> service, who I absolutely love, and we share leads, and this is the way competitors yeah. should work together. Yeah. And we help yeah, each think, other. You know. I agree. I agree. Yep. As long as I'm second behind chef i'm okay with that you know and i'm okay being right there behind you too so you know (laughs) we can flip back and forth no i I think what you do you do outstanding work and and uh every chance i get i i I tell my clients about you and and i I just appreciate you for what you do all right so let's talk about disney and and we're going to get into uh some lessons from the mouse if you will so disney is a theme park and it's really it's a fantasy and you walk in there and you're blown away and it takes you to a completely different world so what can real world companies learn from a fantasy yeah well peel the fantasy back you know when you think about it uh you know space mountain is a roller coaster okay uh the 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 restaurants are food and beverage locations the, the merchandise shops are retail locations so so peel the the, the veneer away and the the, the foundational uh, thing is uh, is pretty common out there and so what the Disney differences and this is this was the biggest lesson that I learned during my, my time there is that Disney World is not selling rides they're selling an experience and you know that was the key because because rides and shows are commodities. You can you can get ride you know thrill rides anywhere. Uh, now the rides have to be great. You know the shows have to be great, uh, but they're commodities. And so the difference was is they said that's not what we're selling. We're selling an experience, and that was a that's a very different mindset because now you start thinking. Not just about the product, but all of the processes that the guests have to go through in terms of, you know, parking their car, buying their tickets, you know, waiting in line, you know, all of those processes. You start thinking about, all right, how do we make those part of an excellent experience? And so, you know, that's what I think other businesses can learn from the from Disney's model is, you know, every company has its core product or service. It could be, you know, food or hardware or cars or airline seats. Uh, the companies that have that, that that really stand out in any industry, they're selling basically the same products as everybody else. Right. I think but business th- in general is a commodity. Yeah, it is, especially today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the, if anybody says, "Well, we don't really have any competitors," you know, they're they're, they're kidding themselves. Um, and so, the ones that stand out, you know, the names that come to mind for any one of us. Uh, They've looked at it as an experience. They're selling the same basic product, but they're they're really selling an experience. Right. I mean, so think of a, a hotel chain, and that's a really easy one because most everybody who is listening to this show probably at one point has stayed in a hotel. And right. if they haven't stayed at a Ritz-Carlton, they know what the Ritz-Carlton stands for. Uh, they also, if they haven't stayed at the uh, Super 8 or the Motel 6, they know what right. those rooms are probably like as well. And really, what is a hotel doing for you? They're giving you a place to stay. It's a room with a bed and a telephone and a TV and maybe a clock. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. difficult to set. Right, right. Uh, it's difficult. Yeah. They're all difficult to set. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but, but here's the point. Why does one charge you know, under $100 and one charges sometimes over $500? Mm-hmm. How does that work? It's the same thing. Well, you're paying 
for an experience. And by the way, you're not only paying for the experience, I think you expect an experience, um, it, and you expect to get what you pay for. If you right. walked in to the Ritz, plopped down three, $400 a night, and you got a room, and, and, and by the way, I'm not going to say service equivalent to a Motel 6 because mm-hmm. I, believe it or not, have stayed at actually a Super 8 motel where the service was Ritz-like service. Mm-hmm. The room was not. And by the way, I expected the room to be exactly what it was. They did not disappoint. If anything, I couldn't wait to go back and stay at that mo- uh, or at that Super 8 again because they gave me a great experience. Right. Uh, right. They exceeded- That's an excellent example. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, and the same thing with the restaurant. I mean, you go to a fancy restaurant, you go to a fast food restaurant, you get what you pay for, but you also have certain expectations. Well, and the one that shows me, too, that, that, that I think really reinforces the, the point you're making is, you know, and I know we use this example all the time, but Southwest Airlines. Yeah. You know, they're a low-cost provider, you know, low frills, but they have, they have, they've added an experience element to it. Um, and, you know, you, there's no first-class seats, and so it's not a first-class seat experience. But, you know, they've got the best reputation of, of any airline. They fly more passengers than anybody else in the U.S. And I, I think it's certainly the, the, the they've got a great model. But I think that the fact that they've really looked at the experience part of it uh, is what makes them legendary. Right. Now, Disney, their admission prices are, are very high. I mean, for a family <laughs> of, of, let's say, a, a mom and dad and two kids to go uh, – just to walk in the door, forget about airline tickets, forget about the hotel rooms. Just to walk in, you're going to spend over a hundred dollars per person. Right. I think that's about per day. Per day, right? Yeah. So, you, and you know, you can't go there for just one day. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. there are families that literally save up for years to be able to go on this vacation. So, uh, you know, now why can't a family just say, "Hey, let's go to Six Flags"? Just you know. 30 minutes away from us. But no, we got to get into a car or get on an airplane and, <laughs> and head down and, and probably spend thousands of dollars, yeah, right? Uh, yeah. Nobody, I don't think anybody listening is going to ever accuse Disney of being a nonprofit organization. You know, I, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, uh, the, the price is obviously very high. And, you know, who knows what the threshold is. But the philosophy is and continues to be uh, that as long as the value exceeds the price, that's that's the key to the whole thing. Is you know when people, well, it's actually part of Walt Disney's philosophy too. He wasn't really concerned about what people thought of the price coming in. He was concerned about the value that they felt going out. And as long as the, the the value exceeds that price, and you know, I see I talk to people all the time about this when I'm traveling around, and they say, "Yeah, we were just at Disney World. Oh my God, it was so expensive, but we can't wait to go back." Well, that tells me that the that yes, it was expensive, but the the value exceeded the price. All right, and you that's know, I, the key. I'm old enough. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, and that's the key. I mean, without first of all, you have this expectation, and Yet the expectation is very, very high. You know you're going to spend a lot of money, and then you walk out and you go, wow, that was even better than I thought it was going to be. Right, right, right. And when can we come back? You know, and, and you know, my feeling, and, and some people disagree with me on this, but you know, I think competing on, t- on price is very tough, and it's not a lot of fun you know, if you're competing on price. Whereas when you start thinking about competing on value, you know, what, and that goes back to that experience thing we were talking about, 
I think that's a lot more rewarding. It's a lot more energizing for the organization. Uh, let's you know, let's let's figure out how we can add more value. And uh, because you know, when you talk about you know, it's just about price. That, that's a, that's a tough. It's not, to me, that's not a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. And value can come in many different ways. It can come in the customer yeah. service. It can come in the quality of the product, the experience, the little extras, the attitude. So many different ways that you can uh, work toward developing value and actually training people to deliver value. Right, right. Well, I, you know, I'm old enough to remember this is back in the the early 1980s uh, when I was was with Disney. I remember. When we raised the price of a ticket from seven dollars and fifty cents to ten dollars, oh my! And many of us thought this is it. This is the end. No, but nobody's gonna to come in. You know, for nobody's gonna pay ten dollars a ticket. And uh, boy, were we wrong. <laughs> and now they're paying ten dollars for a soft drink. That's right. At, at that's, a Disney that's theme right. park. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I've got uh, so many more questions to ask and so much more to learn about your experiences at Disney. Everybody, we are talking with Dennis Snow. My name's Shep Hyken. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. We'll be right back. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepherd Virtual Training, you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips online 24 7 365 days a year just go to www.shepondemand.com once again that's shepondemand.com and remember always be amazing you're listening to amazing business radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert shep hyken we're back on amazing business radio this is shep hyken we're talking with dennis snow about Disney and the lessons that we can learn from Disney, specifically the lessons that we can learn from the mouse. So when we were just finishing up in the first segment, we're talking about the value uh, that Disney delivers. And I love uh, what Walt Disney said. You know, uh, he doesn't want people to I, I, I wrote it down. But basically, don't worry about the price coming in. It's the value and what they're talking about going out, regardless of how much they spent. People can't wait to come back. And I think that's pretty important. I think one of the great areas of value is the way the people treat you, the employees, which they call at Disney cast members, right? That's right. Yeah. Part of a show. Yeah, part of the show, putting on that show for the guests. So how do you get these cast members to all have, I mean, it's an incredible culture, this great personality, and they're always so friendly. What's the secret? Well, you know, it, this is going to sound like a very short answer, but, you know, I, I get this question a lot uh, when I'm traveling. People say, how, do you, how does Disney get their people to be so friendly? And the bottom line is they hire friendly people. You know, it, it starts with <laughs> well, the hiring Well, doesn't process. that make sense? You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, a lot of organizations, you know, we've all hired the wrong person at some point in our lives, you know, and, and you know, nine times out of ten, you realize, you know, I just needed a body. And that's what you ended up getting. Uh, so Disney puts a lot of effort into their casting process. And that 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 term casting is is a very strategic term because, you know, every every job has its tasks, you know, of, of sweeping streets or serving hamburgers or whatever it may be. But they want you to know that the job is actually much bigger than that. You know, you're part of something bigger. So you're being cast for a role in the show. 
So they put a lot of effort into the, the casting process because I, I don't think you can really teach people to be friendly. I think what we can do is we can teach people to be friendly in a way that's aligned with our culture, but they have to bring the raw material uh, to it. So they're very focused on the interview process, keeping that recruiting pipeline as full as possible so that you know, they're, they're not just hiring warm bodies. Uh, and so they're, you know, they're relentless in getting the right people on board. Then after that, you know, there's constant reinforcement. It's, it's everywhere you turn. But when I look at the best organizations out there uh, in any industry, they're really pulling from the same talent pool, you know, that's out there. A lot of times I'll get pushed back and say, well, we can't find good people. We can't find good people. But the best companies in whatever industry that is, they're yeah, pulling they're from the same. Right. They, yeah, exactly. Right. But they're keeping that, that pipeline full. They're making sure that, uh, that they've got a good pool to select from. And then they're very, very uh, focused on are we getting people that are wired to perform well in our culture. So, And, and I would imagine wired to perform well comes from the way they were brought up, maybe some of the past experiences right. they might have right. had. But is there something specific in the interview process, a question uh, that's key, or do they put – put these applicants through uh, behavioral style assessments? What, what is yes. it? Uh, that... they, they do that. They, mm-hmm. they do use behavioral style assessments that have been designed for different jobs. And I'm a big believer in that. I'm, I'm a very big believer in that. But I, I don't think any assessment, though, takes the place of during that interview, are you seeing, seeing and hearing the things that you see and hear from your strongest performers? You know, when, when, you, when you look at your strongest performers, there's certain things that they do, certain, certain things that they, in the way that they perform, that when you're looking now at, a, at an applicant and you're interviewing, you're not only listening for the answers, but you're just observing. You know, do their eyes light up as they're talking about one of those, you know, tell me about a time when stories. You know, tell me about a time when you had to turn around a negative situation, somebody that was upset, and you, you salvage the situation. And they've got one, you know, that, that comes right to mind, and their eyes light up as they talk about it. You know, those are the kinds of things that are going to indicate this person is either right or not right for your culture. Right, and, and uh, you're getting into that. Consult- yeah, you're getting into that. Uh, you know, hire that personality. Uh, yeah. You know, hire the attitude. Uh, and I think with Disney, you know, you, there might be an aptitude. Can you handle the skills that we're about to teach you? But you really don't come to the table having to have you know like like a nurse has to have gone through some sort of schooling right. and be licensed right. and i think that there is in any given business you have to hire uh you know certain levels of skill if that's right. important and even people that are properly licensed and educated but i know companies that regardless of whether somebody has the license if they don't have this the 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 behavioral style uh the attitude the personality they're not getting hired no matter how smart right. they are. Right, right. And, uh, yeah, and I think that's, that's the key to it is uh, when somebody's in it, and one of the things I always tell my, my uh, consulting clients is when we're talking about hiring is when somebody's interviewing for a job, this is that person at their best. Oh, right. It's not going yeah. to get better than this because they're trying to impress you. Right. So if you're not seeing and hearing you know, what you want to see and hear on the job. Don't think you're going to put them through a training program that's going to be a magical 
fix to all of it. Oh, They've yeah. got to bring the raw material to the table. Okay. That may be the gem right now that you've just shared with us, that you know when they come to interview, that's the best you're going to get out of them. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> yep. It's not going to get better than that. All right, and and speaking of people that that may have may slip through the cracks, you know, not everybody's perfect, right? right? And I know that Disney, you know, for the most part, the reputation is just absolutely amazing. And then I know that some people have come back and said, "You're not going to believe what happened. There was a problem." Right. Uh, oh, sure. You know, and I think that if Disney is aware of it, they do what they can to step up and make it right. Um, one of the things that you talk about. Uh, and I've heard you mention, and, and we've talked about this before, are, is what's happening backstage isn't always as mm-hmm. pretty as what's happening front stage. But by the way, let's talk about backstage and on stage or front stage for a moment before we get into what actually does happen backstage. Yeah, Disney is very, very focused on that, that whole philosophy of on stage and backstage. That backs, and, and every company you know, has its backstage. It's the operational things that it takes to, to operate the business. But if the guest or the customer sees or hear those things, uh, you've, you've diminished the brand. You know, on stage, that's where the show's happening. That's where the interactions are happening, whether it's the, uh, the, the retail shop floor, whether it's in the dining room of the restaurant. Uh, you know, that's on stage. And so Disney was, is very, very focused on keeping those two things as separate as possible so the backstage doesn't impact the onstage experience. Right, you walk on stage, you come through those doors, you're in right. front of the public. It's a command performance. Yeah, the show's on. You're expected to do on. your best. So backstage, uh, that's when Snow White takes off her makeup. Yeah. And that's yeah. when Mickey takes off his his big Mickey head. Yeah. Oh, you're letting all the secrets out. Yeah, oh, yeah. So they're yeah, not real. Uh, there really are people in those costumes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and I know they're not back there smoking cigarettes and drinking uh, alcohol, but. <laughs> Okay, but they are. It's it's a totally different culture yeah, backstage, yeah. isn't it? it? It is, you know. And and this is what shows me, Shep, that uh, when you focus in on the things that we're talking about, that it works. Because when you do go backstage at Disney, you do see the same challenges that exist in every company. Um, and you've been backstage at Disney before, right? Many you, times. You've gone yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, you see. You know, I'm unhappy with my pay. I'm mad at my supervisor. Uh, you know, there's, the, there's, there's conflicts that happen between departments. It's the same thing. And you do see, you know, Cinderella smoking a cigarette, you know, and, and, and those kinds of things. Now, hopefully not the alcohol. But no, the, no, no. But some of the other things. Um, and, you know, a lot of people, I know you know this, but a lot of people may not uh, know that Disney is unionized. And, uh, you know, Mickey Mouse is a teamster. You know, the, the people who play the characters are covered. Yeah, they're, they're covered by the. You know, I always got this image of Mickey and Goofy out there with signs, but the uh, picketing. Mickey yeah, and Goofy exactly. are picketing. Yeah. Oh yeah. no! <laughs> but uh, but all of that is backstage, and it's the same thing with any organization. You know, you've got those those operational issues. I remember, you know, having cast members call in sick and trying to backfill positions. You know, as dealing with all that, but. The, so it's not perfect. It's not perfect. But what shows me that, that it works well, that the, that the thinking behind all of this works well, is that when you do go on stage, the, the vast majority of all, of all of that goes away. The show's on. I mean, it's not perfect. And, and you do sometimes run into those issues uh, that, you, that you'd rather not. 
uh, cast member who might be short with a with a guest, you know, those kinds of things. And you deal with that. But what shows me that all of this really works is that typically backstage stays backstage. And that should be the, the way it is for any and every business. Um, right. You know, the other day I was flying on an airline and uh, I, the guy was just rude to me, uh, the guy, the flight attendant. I went mm-hmm. to put my bag up above the overhead and it closed. He goes, it's a little tight. And I go, I- I'm happy to move it. I'm just trying to, you know, make sure I, you know, save as much room for the other passengers. Right. And he was really mean to me. And I said, yeah. boy, you know, I-, I said to him, I said, you know, um, he could be a little friendlier. I'd be happy to do it anyway, but it would be nice. And, and he looked at me, he says, I'm having a bad day. And I said, oh, I'm sorry about that. He goes, I just, and he went on to tell me his grandfather, he just said goodbye to his grandfather that he doesn't know if he's ever going to see again, very ill. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what, I really feel bad for you. I really, really do. Don't take this the wrong way, but maybe this would have been the day to stay home. And right. he, you know, and, and I tried to smile when I told him he was just in in a bad mood. But that's it. Yeah, Keep it yeah. backstage. When you come on stage, you're putting on the show, and you're like, you know, not an actor per se, because nothing should be fake. It should be genuine. But at the same time, it's your job to know what it is, just like an actor playing the part. Anything yeah. that's personal stays stays behind. So. Well, here's a real subtle thing, too, that, mm-hmm. that I think w- it would be a benefit to, to many of your listeners is, uh, you know, one way that I see backstage creep on stage is when we blame a problem on another part of our company to the customer. You know, when, when there's an issue and we say, oh, God, yeah, they shouldn't have said that or, yeah, we, we've, got, we've had problems with that department. Uh, now, that may be absolutely true. But when you throw one part of your organization on, under the bus, you throw the whole organization under the bus. Right. Because, because I see you as one. You know, I, I, I don't see it as a bunch of different departments. As a customer, I see it as one. And so you know, those kind, types of discussions, we still need to have those, but we do that backstage. You know, we keep the, the dirty laundry in-house. When we air it in front of a, in front of a customer – we've again diminished the brand because backstage came on stage. Right. So true. All right. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about how to amaze and delight your customers, how all of this applies to virtually any business. Uh, We've been talking with Dennis Snow. My name's Chef Hyken. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. I love a good book. And Linda Kaplan Thaler and Robin Koval have a brand new book titled From Grit to Great. It tackles a topic close to their hearts, one that they feel is the real secret to their own success in their careers and in the careers of so many that they know. And that's the power of grit. It's perseverance, perspiration, determination, and sheer stick to The fact is, so many people get ahead, including the gifted ones, because they work incredibly hard and they make their own luck. So check out their new book on Amazon.com, From Grit to Great. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here, back on Amazing Business Radio, talking with Dennis Snow, the master of the mouse. He wrote two books, Lessons from the Mouse and Unleashing Excellence, best-selling books. Dennis, where can you get these books? I know you can get them on Amazon.com, but if we wanted to find you and learn more about you, where do we go? Yeah, the best way is is to go to my website, which is uh, www.snowassociates.com. Snow Snow Associates. 
noassociates.com. Yep. And, uh, yeah, my books and everything are on there and, and all the different type of training that I do and speaking and so forth is, is all right there. Yep. I bet you have some articles and things you can read. Yeah, I've got yeah. a lot of articles and tools that people can download and, and uh, you know, so, and videos. There's, there's links to different videos that I have. Uh, so we've tried to, to, to put as many resources on there as possible. Good. Well worth the time and effort uh, to go through that. And, of course, the books, I think, are great. All right, so let's get back into this. I'm sure that everybody knows that uh, Disney, you know, we already talked about it. There's stuff going on backstage. But front stage or on stage, things aren't perfect. Sometimes the guest has a complaint. Just like any business, a customer is upset about something. Maybe it's something they really should be upset about, or maybe they're just having a bad day, but they're upset. Tell me, what what does Disney do, and what can we learn from them about dealing with these stressful situations that, uh, you know, how do you turn it around? Yeah, well, it starts with empowering your people to deal with those stressful situations, you know, and letting them know that you trust them, your, your, your employees, to deal with those situations. Because a lot of people are coming from companies that they may have worked for them in the past where they feel they were very restricted as to what they could and could not do. So one of the things that Disney is very good about is, you know, we want to make the guest happy. Our job is to make the guest happy. Now, you know, sometimes that's just in a guest wants to vent, and so we would just bring them backstage. The cast member would talk with them, let the guest vent. If there was something that we could do to do it, uh, but nine times out of ten, you know, the guest just really wanted to express their, their displeasure. Uh, cast members are very empowered to, to make the person whole. You know, if something happened, uh, you know, and the, the happened it's one of those things when you deal with outdoor entertainment you know a bird will do their thing on a (laughs) that's supposed to be good luck (laughs) if a bird poops on your head that's a good thing (laughs) i have not heard that but i but i wish i had known that when i worked there what are Uh, the chances of that happening uh, well it happens more than you think yeah i know well Uh, if it happens go buy a lottery ticket yeah that's right that's (laughs) right But the cast member was empowered to say, okay, let's go over to the Emporium and get you a new shirt. You yep. know, no charge. Get, mm-hmm. you, get you a new shirt. Um, you know, those, those, a, a child is walking along, has the ice cream cone, big smile on their face, and you know what happens sometimes. They take a big lick of that ice cream cone and plop it. You know, it's down on the pavement. Yep, they knock that Tears, little uh, scoop know, ice cream right off. Yep. Right. And now, you know, everybody's upset. Fully, you know, any cast member, hey, what kind of ice cream did you have? It was strawberry. Let me go get you another strawberry ice cream cone, and maybe this one will be two scoops, and why don't you sit over here and, and have it? Uh, so a lot of it is just letting cast members know that you can do these things, that you're empowered to do these things. Now, when it starts getting into some of the more serious issues, you know, there's a real problem. Somebody got hurt. You know, there's a real issue, uh, you know, that, that's serious. Now, that's when you're getting management involved. And so the cast members know exactly how to get a hold of somebody in those, those big issues, those serious issues, to get them, you know, get them involved in a situation. So if it's one that, you know, I've got to comp this, you know, we're going we're gonna to comp this person's hotel because of something that happened in the park. Well, as a frontline cast member, I don't have comp. I'm not, you know, I don't have the system to do that, but I can get a manager involved that can take care of that. 
And so it's that, that level of comfort of, I know what to do in these circumstances. Now, there are some guests who you will never please, you know, I, I, that, that you're, you're never going to be able to please them. And here was the philosophy, is that the guest may not always be right, but they will always be our guest. And a friend of mine who I worked with Disney said it even, I thought he said it even better. He said, the, the guest may not always be right, but let's allow them to be wrong with dignity. Right, right. And that was the, that was the sort of the overall feeling was that no matter what, we would treat the guest with dignity. They would feel listened to. They would feel that we took it seriously. Um, and that's what made it work. Yeah, right. that, that, that's what made it work. And my philosophy, and, and I write about it, is the customer's not always right, but they are always the customer. So mm-hmm. if they're wrong, let them be wrong with dignity and respect. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's pretty much that simple. And yeah. those are great words to live by. So here's the thing about empowering. In order to empower an employee or a cast member, you must train them properly. Right. And there is a line where they have to cross over in order to get a manager. But once they do something, and let's say it's that ice cream cone, just as a basic metaphor, the kid licks, ice cream you know, gets knocked off the cone, falls on the, on the ground, cast member says, hold on, goes over to the manager and says, what should I do? Well, give him an ice cream cone. It's okay. And by the way, you don't have to ask me right, ever right. again for this. Right, yeah. Now they know. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, they know how far they can go as far as yeah. ice cream goes. Uh, the, the, the bird poop on the shirt, okay? Now they yeah. know how far they can go. And they're constantly learning how far they can go. And, and they shouldn't ever have to come back and ask the same question twice to a manager. You know, and the way you just said that, Shep, that's as good as training gets. You know, when it's a real-time issue like that, and a cast member comes over, and this, this applies to any job, and say, you know, what should I do? And the, the, the supervisor and the managers respond exactly the way you said, by the way, you don't have to ask me. You can just do it. That's better than any training program that you can put somebody through. That's real-time Right, because, you know, it's one thing to learn it the first few days that they're there. Uh, yeah. But it's another thing when they're out there doing it, and they actually get the manager's approval, say, hey, great job. Glad you came to me. Glad you asked. Now you know what to do the next time. Right, and right, and, right. and that's cool, and and I love that. So, and then of course you cross the line where you do in fact need a manager to step in, and that's fine. You know, uh, and I've talked about this on our show before. The Ritz Carlton employees, the housekeepers allowed to spend up to two thousand mm-hmm. dollars on a guest to make the guest happy and whole. Now, let's say, uh, and this happened by the way, uh, there were dirty towels left in my room, and I actually went to the housekeeper and I said, Hey, there's a bunch of dirty towels still in my room. You know, and, and the housekeeper was appalled that, that that mistake was made. They did not turn around and credit me $2,000. They did not give me a free night stay. What they did is they cleaned the room, got rid of the dirty towels. And guess what? That night there was a tiny little extra piece of chocolate with a little note saying, Thanks for letting us know, you know, uh, hope this sweetens up the day or, or whatever. I don't remember. Right, something right. to that effect. And it was like, okay, they could spend $2,000. They probably just spent 50 cents, okay? <laughs> right, but they right. knew that that's what they could do. So they know what the limit is. They know what they can do. And I think that's powerful. So love the way Disney thinks on this. And yeah. I think and, – and, you know, the point, too, is, is with your $2,000 example is that people don't take advantage of that. 
you know that that, that housekeeper hopefully we're hiring people that are smart enough to know the difference between a two thousand dollar situation and a piece of candy situation all right uh you know that people don't take advantage uh, and if they do, you coach them on it. You know, if if they make a bad decision about it, you say, "Hey, thanks for handling that situation." You know, future situations like this, this might be a more appropriate response. But you congratulate them for dealing with the situation. Right, and I can't imagine what somebody, you know, what a housekeeper would spend two thousand dollars on. Right. At least for my stay, I usually go in one right. or two nights, and and that's it. But I know that uh, I've seen it happen before, where um, a, a server at one of these nicer hotels accidentally spilled coffee on a gentleman's suit. And they said, mm-hmm. sir, you're staying at our hotel tonight. We would like to make sure that suit is dry cleaned and pressed and ready for you tomorrow morning. And uh, I don't know where they do that in the middle of the night. Maybe they've got right. their own, uh, you know, uh, well, I know that at Disney they do have that ability. They <laughs> can, yeah. Yeah. Um, they, what do they call it? The textile um the laundry, the whole the laundry, laundry, yeah, the laundry is facility, amazing. Yeah. But anyway, we digress there. But the point is, you know, that's more than a 50 cent or a dollar piece of chocolate. That's something right. that is more labor intensive and may cost a little money. All right. Great lessons that we're learning. We're just about out of time. What I want to do, I always ask the one thing question. So this is my final question for you. All right. I'm ready. What can a company that wants to improve its customer service right away do right now? now i think that one of the best things that you can do with your team is to get them this kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning getting them to think about the bigger picture and so in a team meeting or a series of team meetings however it works in your organization have a flip chart and in the center of that flip chart write down the product or the service that you provide you know, the, the food, the merchandise, the ride, whatever it may be. And then ask your team, okay, for our customers to get that product, what are the various processes that they have to go through? And your people will know. They'll know what those processes are. And you just write those down around that center product. It's like a customer journey map. And then you draw a circle around the whole thing and you make the point, this is what we're really selling. This is our product. So let's look at all of these other processes. How can we make these each of these excellent? And you, you kind of pick the ones that you know are areas of opportunity, and you start having this dialogue with your folks. And you can do that this afternoon. You can do it tomorrow morning. Uh, you know, that's the type of dialogue that gets your team thinking about what can we do? You know, what are the things that we can do that differentiate us? But, uh, but that whole idea of thinking about the experience versus just the product, I think that's the starting point. So you think about the experience, and I, and I, and I use that word journey map. You map out the customer's experience. You yeah. get the employees to know where they interact with the customer throughout that experience right. and think about ways that they can either enhance it or make sure it doesn't go south. Right, right. And, you know, a lot of times where the opportunities really pick up, you know, really stand out is when there's a handoff of a customer from one part of the organization to another, because that's a reality for for many of your listeners is that, you know, customers move through uh, a process that might involve multiple, multiple people. And sometimes the the handoff is where things can go, can go south. 
So again, it, but it's getting people thinking about the overall experience. That's where I think we start. And once you get people thinking about it, now you start talking about, okay, so where are the frustration points? You know, where, where are those things that can go wrong? And where, you know, where are things that we know in the industry that the industry as a whole is terrible at this, at this particular process, that we could do it better and differentiate ourselves? But, but it all begins in thinking about that experience. Right. Great, great thoughts, great ideas. This has been a great show. Dennis Snow is an expert. He's somebody you need to listen to. You need to read about him. You need to get his books, Lessons from the Mouse, Unleashing Excellence. Dennis, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. We call this Amazing Business Radio for a reason, and you're the reason. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate it. I really enjoyed talking with you, and I hope that your listeners uh, found this to be helpful. Well, hope is not a strategy. I know our listeners found good. Right. Every time good. I talk good. to you, I get value. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a great show. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. You've been listening to Amazing Business Radio. My name's Chef Hyken, and I always love to remind you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.